Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, I'm talking with Emma Houston. I met her as I sat in the audience at a women's empowerment weekend seminar, and I loved her message. I loved her spunk, her authentic energy, and I wanted her to share with you the same things that she shared with us in the audience that day. She is a thriver, a supporter, a victor, a mentor, and a cheerleader for people going through life's challenges. She's a spunky little black woman, an active member of the Calvary Baptist Church, and the owner and CEO of Brighter Day Productions. Stay tuned for some of her spunk and supportive insight. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Emma Houston hails from Texas originally. In 2016, she was appointed as Diversity and Inclusion Director by Mayor Ben McAdams for the Salt Lake County's Office of Diversity Affairs, so she's obviously now in Utah. She is the former chairwoman of the Governor's Office of Ethnic Affairs and former secretary for the YWCA Board and UAA Board. She's a cancer survivor and serves on the Huntsman Cancer Foundation Community Advisory Committee. She's also the chair for the Martin Luther King Commission. She's passionate about sharing her skills and connections and working with communities. And she's revived the storms of life with style and grace and seeks to cheer on those who are in the battle. Emma, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Lori. I am happy to be here chatting with you today. We're going to get into some good stuff. And I kind of wanted to jump off from... You know, that empowerment conference that we were at, that I heard you speaking at, gosh, I just wish you could recreate that for my listeners because it was so powerful. That was a wonderful opportunity to be with so many women who are shining in their own arenas as well. And my intent always is to help women recognize how fierce we are and the things that we accomplish on a regular day-to-day basis and how to also support other women in recognizing their value and their worth and their fishness. I just say often and take people by surprise when I say that I love Emma. I absolutely adore me. I am proud of who I am and the things that I have accomplished, but also the challenges that I have faced. And sometimes I think we choose not to celebrate those challenges because they do help us grow and to be better and to learn who we are. So just being a fierce woman and understanding the power that I have, I want to be able to share that with other women as well. So tell me about your life storms. How have you weathered them? Oh, my life story. Well, starting out Dallas, Texas with two-parent household and six siblings and parents ensuring that We had the very best in regards to love and being able to be compassionate 
and being able to weather those storms, having those difficulties. So coming from a very strong background of knowing who we are uh, is what our parents instilled in us. But as I have grown into this adult life and the challenges that come with that, I had a 35-year marriage that came to an end. To my surprise and to my sadness, was also diagnosed with stage three breast cancer, have a daughter who was diagnosed with breast cancer. So being able to walk through that journey and still come fully intact, you know, a few bruises and scars here and there, but being able to understand my worth and knowing that challenges make us stronger. So my upbringing has always been secure in knowing who I am and how I celebrate life and how I hopefully encourage others to do the same. How do people who are waffling in that place of not knowing their self-worth, how do they come to a space of having that kind of strength behind them? I believe that you have to really say it out loud. I love me. I absolutely love me. And I think coming to terms with not being ashamed of knowing who you are and celebrating who you are, it takes a moment to get there. And if that is not encouraged with your circle of friends or your family members, sometimes it comes off as being, you know, just bragging, just, you know, you're all that and you're really not all that. So when you don't have that support, it's difficult to look yourself in the mirror and say, I really like me. And in order for women to do that, they have to say it out loud and own it and believe it and live it. And for those who do not support the fact that you love yourself, you need to excuse them off your bus. You need to give them permission to leave your area because you are growing. And in order to grow, you have to truly understand who you are. So for those who may be struggling with that, it takes a moment to walk that path. It takes a moment to understand what you like about yourself and how you celebrate that. Okay, so how do you do that then? Because for the people who are in that space, they're like, yeah, I can tell me, I I can say I love myself and I can, you know, I can make up this and that and tell me that I'm okay, but I know it's not true. So I like your idea of saying it out loud because that, of course, reinforces it. You're hearing it externally. You know, you're also saying, so it's building it into repetitious, subconscious, but this idea of figuring out what you like about yourself and what you like to do and that it's okay. And I want to hear your thoughts too, because for me, it's also been um, part of that process of getting there has been also accepting the things that I have seen in myself that were weaknesses and accepting them as they are seeing that even, and this was something that really got driven home at Cherie's workshop was I'm exactly who I need to be to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And that includes the things that I might see as weaknesses because they might not be weaknesses. They might just be things that I need to accomplish what I need to accomplish. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think when we look at our weaknesses, we see them as a fault or a deterrent to keep us from moving forward. I think when we look at it, when I look at a weakness that I have, and one of the things that I see as a weakness is that I try to see the goodness in everyone that comes across my path. When I know there are some people who may not be good or beneficial 
for my growth. I try to see what are they bringing to me to either enhance something that I'm lacking or to bring out something more positive. So when I look at a weakness, I see that as a way of how do I develop this and how do I embrace this to say that this is who I am. This is my genetic makeup. This is my thought process. And all that I bring to the table is all that I can as far as being authentic. And when I am being authentic, I'm recognizing that I don't know everything, that I don't have everything accomplished, but I am willing to take the, take the step forward and make the effort. And I think sometimes we hesitate in making the effort to enhance or improve what we may consider as a weakness. I think it just builds on our strength, getting to know who we are and am I comfortable to be by myself, to delve into what I see as shortcomings because we see each other personally more critical than others around us. And I think when we look at a critical eye, we think that we're not enough when in fact we really are. I like the fact, first of all, of accepting us as a whole, each of us accepting us as a whole, and even the spaces that we feel we need to strengthen, accepting them as they are and where they are as just places for growth, but that they're acceptable, that they're not things to be ashamed of. And then the idea of embracing growth and an acknowledgement and an acceptance of, I can strengthen these areas in moving forward. Is that where you're getting at? Absolutely. I think if you have, and I'm all about having a good core of sister friends who are my truth tellers, who will say to me, Emma, you do this really, really well. However, when I see you in this arena, in this atmosphere, in this environment, I see you hesitate. And you know that you are confident, that you have the credentials, that you can speak on this subject, or either you can be quiet on this subject and allow others to speak. So when you have a sister friend or a guy friend who is your truth teller, who loves you in spite of everything else and is continuing to help you grow, I think that is beneficial to us as women to trust someone enough that when we have these conversations, they can also help us grow and we can also help them grow. So being open to not only the praise, but also the constructive criticism that continues to highlight what we can do to better ourselves. And the fact that we're not going to get it 100% right, that's the growth experience that we have. Yeah, nobody's getting it 100% right. No one's getting it 100% right. But the fact that we're trying to get it right and open to that conversation makes us a better person. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the process, really. Like so often, and I, you know, obviously this is my experience. That's why I'm telling it. But so often I notice I'll be like, okay, I need to work on this and I should get in and I'll be able to fix it and then it'll be better or I'll, I'll get a hold of this concept. And I expect that I, you know, that it should just shift, that I should be able to shift it quickly and move on. And really the process is always ends up being a little bit different than that. It ends up being more trial and error and more digging deeper. And, you know, it's always, it's not ever just a switch or at least very seldom. It's always just a little bit messier and that's okay. I think when we take the time to pause because we want things to be done quickly and in a hurry. And if we realize that at each step of the way, there is a lesson in that process, I think we gain better insight of who we are and how we are able to manage in this complex society that we live in. 
So being able to pause for a moment to gather that information and get that aha moment to say, oh, this is the reason it went left instead of going right. This is the reason why I had a dip instead of a curve. So that makes a difference in us taking a moment to enjoy the process, enjoy the learning. And if it's a challenging journey, we're still learning from it. I love this idea of accepting and being okay with the fact that you're watching yourself learn and grow through something. As an example, I had some challenging things come up and I could tell, I could tell from my background and my issues and things that I was causing this conversation and this particular issue to, I was making it stressful. I was making it a strain on everyone involved. And I knew it was my issue. I knew I could shift that, but I literally, like I had to meditate about it. I had to shift. How can I look at this differently? I had to change some perception and really do a lot of hard work around it and then reapproach it again. And it changed the entire thing. But me looking at that and saying, okay, I can recognize this is my hard spot. I can recognize that I'm going through this process, but because I am mature enough and because I am self-aware enough, I can watch myself go through this process with some amount of allowance and acceptance of my own weakness and be okay with that, but also be proud of myself for for actively seeking this shift and actually even in conversation with the people I'm trying to solve this with, be vulnerable in saying, this is my hangup. I'm trying to work through it. This is the way I'm trying to do it. And almost letting them into the process. And it's not that we have to let people into that process, but I was just noticing as I was doing that, I was being kind to myself in my process of working through something that was difficult and that was holding me back and that was causing strain within other relationships. And I think that acceptance of you, of each of us, when we're going through a process of a getting over a hurdle for us, whatever that may be, and not beating up on ourselves and not saying, oh my gosh, look at I can't do this. Oh my gosh, I'm hitting this hurdle again. But instead, watching yourself and allowing yourself and just working through it. That, that space of acceptance and allowance of our process when it's messy, I think is crucial to that love, that self-love that we're going back to, which is that love of self and our fierceness and who we are and letting ourselves grow. Absolutely. I think sometimes when we don't realize that we are the common denominator in some of our stress issues, that if this lesson is completely bringing us back to this space, didn't I just do this last week, last month, last year? I am the common denominator in this hiccup here. And how do I recognize that and do that self-reflection to love myself enough to say, let me raise my hand in the group. I am the problem. How do I open up, listen to some feedback and then receive that and then process it? Because sometimes we don't recognize that we are the center of our own problems and how to move past those. What does that look like? What steps do I take? to recognize that this keeps occurring and I don't have the solution for it because I'm not willing to listen to feedback. So I think sometimes when we open up and be vulnerable and ask for help and guidance and assistance, that we are more likely to have a positive resolution. I love that. So tell me about your experience, your cancer experience, and what were some of the main things you learned about that? Miss Lori, my cancer experience, from my perspective, was a breeze. From my family members and my support system, they saw a different dynamics. 
they saw a diagnosis that was life-threatening, which it was. I was at stage three. I was hospitalized for an infection uh, with one of the devices that I needed to receive the chemo treatments. I was connected to a ventilator because I stopped breathing. So all of the outside forces saw this as dire, dire. This is Miss Emma will no longer be with us. It came to a point when I was in the hospital and the social worker said to my family, you need to make final arrangements because of whatever the diagnosis and what was going on. I came from a total different viewpoint of that particular cancer experience that my belief and my faith in my God was that this is a journey for me to get closer to you and to have a better understanding of who I am and how I am loved. Uh, and so I saw it as just cancer and we're going to get through this. And so my take on it was I've got doctors who are geniuses. I have renowned surgeons at the facility I was receiving treatment from. I'm just going to get through this. And 13 years later, I am here because I believe that that particular experience was for my growth, for my development, for my belief in not only who I am, but also my belief in a God who is merciful and loving and kind. And for my opportunity to talk about redemption and miracles. So my journey was just that. I made it a point to walk into my treatments dressed to the nines. I wore stiletto heels. I put on the makeup. I did all, I did everything that I normally do in a healthy life. Although my illness was temporary, I did not let it take over and consume me. So my journey was, it's just a phase at this particular moment. And there's a reason that I'm going through this particular moment. Wow. Attitude, woman of strength there. I have so much attitude. <laughs> I have so much attitude. And to be surrounded by some friends who came with the doom and gloom and poor you, and I'm so sorry, I excused them from my life at that particular time because the negativity that they were bringing in was not something that I needed at that particular time. So as much as I love them, I said, when I'm through with this, you and I will reconnect. But at this particular time, I need to actually not to be in my presence. Wow. And it's, it takes a lot of courage to excuse people from your life when you have known them and you have this loyalty to them. But if they are bringing, I don't want to say toxic, but toxic in environment, it is my responsibility to save me and excuse them. And sometimes we choose to not do that. It takes a lot of strength to do that also, a lot of belief in self and a lot of, I think actually a lot of respect for yourself and for the people that you're associating with just to have a real conversation with Yes, them. Yes, and you were saying some wonderful things when you were reflecting on that, but it does take a lot of courage to do that. And sometimes we have to be willing to be unliked and that is very difficult. That is difficult. So what kind of benefits or things did you learn or experiences did you gain? What came from, what did you learn? What opportunities showed up from approaching oh my. that experience? There were so many opportunities that showed up and possibly would not have happened 
if I did not have this cancer diagnosis. So one of the greatest opportunities, and I am a fan of the Huntsman Cancer Institute and that their foundation, I received my treatments there. And because of the attitude that I had about this particular cancer diagnosis, the nurses shared with doctors and the Huntsman family about my attitude. I was then approached by members of the Huntsman family to be an advocate, to be an ambassador, to be a spokesperson on behalf of cancer research and cancer patients. And out of that opportunity, Mr. John Huntsman Sr. invited me to go to Washington on his behalf to accept a humanitarian award. He had a granddaughter getting married on that same day and asked if I would represent Huntsman and the family. And so here I am, any other patient, he could have called any other person in his circle, but invited me to go to Washington. And as I'm standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, facing the reflecting pond, saying to thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people on cancer research and the prognosis and the progress that is being made, I am saying to myself, anyone could have had this opportunity, but I was chosen to deliver this message because of the attitude that I have in regards to you too can get through whatever challenges that you're having and people are watching you and that you are a messenger to say, I can walk with you, I can go with you, I can support you, I can be silent, I can do whatever you need to help you get through this, but I can go with you. And so what I learned from that particular experience was there are people willing to help you get through challenges in your life. We just have to be receptive to receiving that help. Receiving help is crucial. Whatever form it comes in, whatever it looks like, or whoever is offering it, our responsibility is to say yes. What a fantastic opportunity that is. Was that just phenomenal? It was phenomenal. And the, the crowd that was there, there were, I mean, people who we would consider famous. There were people in the audience who were receiving awards. There were war heroes. There were sports heroes. And there was me who had simply gone through a cancer experience. So it it was phenomenal to be able to say that researchers, there are geniuses and doctors and we're trying to find a cure to eradicate cancer and not wanting to get anything from it, but to just deliver that message that there are good people in the world who are making a difference. And I was part of that experience and I'm still part of that experience. Yeah, you continue to do that. You continue to create. So when you are cheerleading people on, what's your favorite piece of advice? What do you wish people understood? What I wish people truly understood is that they are valued and they are loved and they are wanted and they have a voice and a space in this world that we live in. And whatever their passion is, do it to the very best of their ability and enjoy doing what you do, regardless of what it is. Enjoy living life and enjoy sharing your love and your commitment and enjoy sharing your story and your struggle. Because I believe 
My story is not my story. It is to be shared with others so that they too can have voice to share their story. Regardless of how they think their story will have an impact, it will have an impact on someone. One of the things that we really focus on here at Love Your Story and the reason for the podcast and the interviews is exactly that. We share stories to share awe, to share lessons, to create connection with one another, to illustrate how something can be done. And as we share our own individual story, there's always going to be someone who's having similar experiences that is stuck like we talked about at the very beginning. Sometimes you are stuck from your own space and you don't know how to get past it. And that's where you start looking for those supportive people who have been before you. And sometimes that's a life coach or sometimes it's someone who has been through and is willing to consult with you or share with you. Sometimes you're hiring people to who have been there and help you get past it. Sometimes it's an inspirational speaker, but there are definitely people who are willing and have been down that line that you can seek tenderness and tools and, you know, tips of and inspiration of how to get past it. And we do that with our stories. We do that with our stories. And it has an impact. And it may not have an impact right at that moment, but maybe six weeks down the road, something will trigger. And something that was said on one of your stories will ring true to someone that said, oh, I heard that six weeks ago. Let me apply this because now I'm in the space where I can receive that message. Because sometimes we're just not ready to hear it. But when we are ready, we have squirreled it away somewhere and we can pull it out to say, I needed this at this moment, at this time. Absolutely. So what do we need to know in closing about being fierce? Oh my gosh, being fierce. I think if we truly just own who we are, that there is no shame, that there is no guilt, that I am created divinely the way I am, and I am going to celebrate all that I bring to this world. I am me because I am who I am meant to be. Regardless of our successes, our challenges, this is who I'm supposed to be. But we continue to grow. And if we continue to grow, we just keep elevating ourselves up to the next level. So love on yourself. I mean, seriously, love who you are. Love who you are. Surround yourself with people who also love and support you. Absolutely. Emma, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Miss Laurie. It's my pleasure. I know we could go on and on, but we're out of time. And I'm so grateful for you and people like you who share their attitudes. And, you know, this is goes back to what you were just saying. Each of us have so much that we can give and share. But in order really to be in a space to do that, you have to own who you are. You have to love who you are. You have to be okay with who you are so that you can shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. On that note, we will sign off. All right. Thank you. As I was talking with Emma, there were a lot of thoughts rolling around in my head and I was struggling to say them in a way that feels like I'm not repeating the same thing I'm repeating every week on the podcast, but because it always comes back to self-love and the role that our stories play in being able to love ourselves. 
it kind of does come back to the same things. So I wanted to point out three things in conclusion. The first is the work that I do with stories I'm attempting to do on this podcast. First, they deal with past, present, and future. And you may have heard this before on the podcast, but the past are the stories, the things that have happened to us that we, of course, have created stories around because we're recreating the events of our lives in narrative fashion. Those stories that have shame or deep disappointment or even self-loathing around those stories that we have not yet reframed that are holding us back. We have to reframe those in order to move forward, in order to truly accept ourselves, and in order to truly love and shine. That's one of the areas of work that I do with clients. The second one is the present. And the present is taking stock of the stories that you are currently telling yourself about yourself. When you look in the mirror, what kind of critical content comes to mind automatically? When you get an opportunity to do something, what kind of fears pop up? What kind of stories do you tell? You know, are these stories, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, my hair is bad. Oh, I don't dare do that. Oh, people are going to think I'm stupid. Oh, you know, these one line stories that create literally how we embrace and head into the world, becoming aware of those and then shifting out of them if they're not creating a space of self-acceptance and self-love, because truly, I don't care who you are, you have beauty about you. And that acceptance of self, like she and I were talking about in the beginning, which I was not doing very eloquently, but those strengths, those things that we see as weaknesses, sometimes they're not really even weaknesses. And sometimes if they are There are limitations to teach us the next thing that we need to learn. There are space for growth. And sometimes they are simply misconstrued and they're giving us something that create in us what we need to be in order to do what we need to do. So accepting yourself fully creates a space of being able to love yourself. And then we get back to the shining, right? The shine, the being able to live the story that you want and being able to shine for others and use your story to help them. But that space of self-acceptance and self-support, crucial to being able to do that. And then the future, which is what story, what seeds are you planting today and creating your life moving forward, your future story? Are they things that involve love? Are they things that involve forward progress? Are they things that involve self-awareness? Are you doing random acts of kindness? Are you loving and being open? Are you being self-aware of where you're at and working through things one at a time, even when they're messy? Are you taking time to meditate? Are you taking care of yourself? So, And that very much has to do with the 21 Life Connection Challenges that I created. The 21 Life Connection Challenges have been an online course that people could sign up for. The next step And what I've been working on is this book, The 21 Life Connection Challenges. So you've got it in written form and you don't have to do it, you know, one every day like you do when you're online, but you actually have it in hand. You have all the challenges and doing these challenges creates possibility, creates connection, creates really 
awesome things in your life. So as you're creating your story today, you're planting seeds for self-love and self-acceptance like Emma and I have been talking about. So the work that I'm creating and the work that I'm doing here are very much about the conversations that Emma and I had creating the life story that you want on purpose. And it does involve those three steps, looking at your past, reframing the things that have held you back, looking at your present, what are the stories you're telling yourself about yourself, and then creating what you want for the future. Big stuff, really, really big stuff. I appreciate you guys that are listening. I have found that my audience are people that are seekers. They are people that are wanting better things in their life, are looking for inspiration. You guys are the people that are making things happen in the world and that are shining and increasing your light. And I'm so happy to have you listening and talking and sharing and being a part of this whole process because it's really powerful. My interview with Emma was all about her great attitude, her spirit, her sense of humor, all important in living out those life stories, tough and otherwise. And I would love your feedback. I'd love to know which episodes you're connecting with. I would love to get reviews on iTunes. I'd like you to reach out to me and and let me know which of these episodes are working for you and how they're helping you. You can reach me at Lori, L-O-R-I-J Lee at MSN.com. Or you can leave comments on the website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. Or you can hop on our Facebook page and comment, jump in, get in the stream of things with Love Your Story Podcast. Find us on Facebook and we'll see you next week.